Hello and welcome to Diving With Me, a podcast from the Fondesa Eme, where we talk about the impact of music in different social settings and how music can bring people together. For this episode, we talk with Charlotte Cunningham, Artistic Director, and Karlin von Stumm, Title Song Director from Tariki Arts. Tariki Arts produces and devises original, groundbreaking art to entertain and inspire. They believe that access to the arts helps to improve the quality of life by bringing people together offering creative opportunities, social interaction, confidence, and self-esteem. This year, the Fondation Aimé is collaborating with Charlotte and Carolyn to bring their project called Turtle Song to Luxembourg. This collaboration came to fruition thanks to Catherine Kunz, who is this year's artistic director of the Rainy Days Festival in the Philharmonie. Turtle Song will be showed on November 16 at the Philharmonie in the framework of the Rainy Days Festival. In this episode, Charlotte and Carolyn will tell us more about the project, how it came to life, and what differentiates it from different projects for people with dementia. Stay tuned and have your biscuits ready. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Carolyn. How are you today? Oh, hi. Hi, Sarah. Um, it's so nice to have you on this podcast. Um, and we always start the episodes by asking our interview partners what their favorite music is. So could you tell us, please? Um, I'll start. Um, goodness, I mean, it's I find that a really difficult question because I love so many different types of music, um, obviously classical music. Um, I, am, I want to say... I'm, no, with Bach is always a big favorite. Um, I actually bizarrely love Wagner as well, which um, not everyone likes. But I also, given that this was all set up by uh, Kathleen Kons, I think I need to say that I also really like contemporary classical music um, <laughs> because it's really interesting and it's kind of that the, the live version of, of classical music. Um, and then I love, you know, I'm half American, um, half Luxembourgish, and so I have this weird combination of Loving, you know, lots of American music, you know, R&B and, um, you know, the, the good old kind of 70s and uh, before um, American music and and also some really cheesy European music. Um, so it's it's very wide, my taste, I would say. How about you, Carolyn? Oh, well, we, um, so I come from a dance background. Um, and so dancing's always important for me. And I think probably one of my favorite songs to dance to is Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. Uh, We don't get enough sunshine here in the UK, so <laughs> whenever we do, we dance on sunshine. Um, and another um, another piece of music that, or another band that I really like, I spend a lot of time on the Isle of Skye in the north of Scotland, which is one of the islands off the west coast of Scotland. And there's a fantastic band called Kappa Cayley, uh, and they have the traditional Scottish violin fiddle music, um, which just gets your toes tapping every time. You can't you can't fail but want to dance to that as well. Oh, and the smoke clears and the truth comes shining through. I will watch the sparks fly. And then also the classics, obviously, but uh, those, those would be my two recommendations. 
Yeah, and I saw you nodding when Charlotte was talking about Wagner, so... <laughs> I like Wagner too. <laughs> but uh, lots of uh, Wagner fans in this episode. <laughs> uh, Charlotte, you already mentioned Katrin Kunz, so we are here today to talk a bit more about the Turtle Song project that brought all of us together and that we are recreating here in Luxembourg. Um, but maybe you could explain first and foremost who Turtle Key Arts is, uh, who both of you are, and uh, what you are doing in your daily life. Yeah, so my name is Charlotte Cunningham, and I'm the artistic director of Turtle Key Arts. Um, Turtle Key Arts I, was an organization that I started back in 1989, um, so uh, quite a little while ago now. And uh, it was really started as a performing arts um, venue. Initially, we had a space, we had a theater, um, and it was about making the arts accessible. So uh, that kind of crosses huge swathes of different types of art and um, music is involved in that obviously um, and um, we um, produce both young theatre dance and circus companies so we do a lot of touring with our young companies we're always going back to the start again with young young companies so um, back on the road um, starting again finding funding for them we um cover every aspect of the work um, and work very closely with the artists so it's really to enable them to create a career for themselves um, and then we also produce outreach and education projects and turtle song is one of those um, we also work with young people with autism uh, we work with young people with hiv um, and we set up a lot of projects for um, both adults and young people with all manner of other disabilities so um, again, the access is very literal in that sense, um, but we also have a tendency to work with people who have other access needs, maybe mental health needs um, or others. So it's it's very, again, it's it's quite a, a we're very difficult to categorize because we do so many different types of things. But the overall um, rainbow of uh, is around access to the arts. Uh Yes, Turtle Key Arts is a, is a small a small group that do a lot of things. <laughs> um, my name's Carolyn von Sturman, and currently I am a director of the Turtle Song Projects. I, I was in my uh, role uh, up until very recently um, the person who did strategy as well as fundraising for the project because obviously fundraising is incredibly important for uh, to make these projects work but um now I've stepped back from that and I'm just uh, the di a director on the project I joined Turtle Key Arts in 2013 so oh it's my 10th anniversary um and it's been fantastic I love working with everyone there um, and, uh, yes, it's just for me, as I said before, I have a background in dance and theater and I took a break from that and it was wonderful to be welcomed by all the turtles in Turtle Key Arts and, um, to join the group. And where does the name come from? Why Turtle Key? Um, so Turtle Key was started as a, a venue in Fulham in London. Um, and, uh, we wanted to create this accessible building, like a fringe theater. And, uh, we didn't really want to call it the Farm Lane Arts Center because that created a space and a place that it could never move from. Uh, I'm very grateful for that now because we've moved about three or four times since then. 
the so the turtle had this kind of wonderful um, background of it was man's intuitive knowledge of truth, which we rather liked. Um, and the key was also the symbol of the Sesame Institute, which was an institute that taught drama therapy at the time when my uh, then partner was uh, my colleague was was studying drama therapy. So the turtle and the key had wonderful symbolism, um, and we came up with this name. To be very honest, it was a bit of a kind of, it was plucked out of the air. Um, my brother and I were sitting under a tree in a park and he had come back from traveling and uh, he came up, he had been to a place called Turtle Key, spelt differently, which he thought was a lovely name. Um, but it's helped us ever since because a lot of children and young people love the idea of turtles, even grown-ups love the idea of turtles and it kind of sticks in the mind. So that's a long way of explaining the name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a really nice name and also... Uh, we just had the English Touring Opera and Bradley Travers uh, on the podcast and also in Luxembourg. Um, they did this show called Zoo. And in the, in the show, they have a song called Turtle Purple, Purple Turtle. And so this is a real uh, turtle year for the <laughs> foundation now. <laughs> well, obviously, as, as I think you know, um, English Touring Opera are our partners. So yeah. um, we have worked directly with them for many years. Um Yes, I know. And we, we've already had the show in Luxembourg that you cooperated uh, really, really uh, closely with. Um, I think it was different. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Where 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 one of your groups wrote the story for it. It was our autistic um, club that came up with all the, the story for, for different. So, yeah. And it was still the best uh, show that I saw <laughs> because it was just so crazy. And I think, uh, yeah, we already spoke with uh, Bradley about this, but it was really, really great. And everything that they wrote was really fantastic. And it was all over the place, but it was just <laughs> so nice. <laughs> yeah. No, it's always very exciting to see what happens. I mean, Turtle Song doesn't come from Purple Turtles. So, what is Turtle Song, and how did it come come to life? Um, well, so Turtle Song came to life um, actually again through Tim, who was the previous um, incumbent of the place before Bradley. So he did his job, and um, at English Touring Opera, and we had we pulled together a whole lot of our um, stakeholders um, many years ago, and we said. What are we doing well and what can we do better? You know, for which groups are we not providing work? And we realized that we weren't providing much work for older people. Um, and Ali, who is now our CEO, um, her mother had just been diagnosed with young onset dementia. Um, so she was in her 60s. And um, we thought, well, this is something that we um, already do a lot of work with the autism work we were doing or the disability work. We, were, we had a lot of experience in setting up very safe, um, very well-structured projects. And we felt that um, for people with dementia, it was going to be the same things that we had to think about um, when setting up the project. Um, and that was where we came up with Turtle, the Turtle Song Project. And then um, slightly annoyingly for those of us getting older ourselves, um, all of our projects um, tend to have the word either turtle or key in them. So we have uh, key words, key moves, um, and the key club, but we also have turtle song, turtle opera, et cetera, et cetera. So turtle song was the one that made sense because we actually, 
I think the main idea came, I was listening to um, a radio program with um, Elton John and his lyricist. Um, and they were talking about the fact that when they would write their early song cycles, this is on Radio 4, very peculiarly in England, but when they would write their song cycles, um, they would just take uh, inspiration from anything they saw, be it a, a, a line in a newspaper or a view out of a window or whatever. It really, they could start from anywhere and that they loved that. And I was thinking, well, that's perfect for working with people with dementia. And, and the idea of a song cycle came up. And I thought, well, that's also obviously fits in with working with classical musicians. Um, and so that's where we, that's where, where we kind of found the structure of creating this, a number of songs within a cycle, which had a, a theme associated to it, um, and which could really start from anywhere and pretty much go anywhere that the participants led it. So it was very open and free. That's where it came from. Yes. It can go anywhere. <laughs> that's that's one of the one of the um, very strong points of Turtle Song is the co-creativity uh, of the project. So we start, as Charlotte said, with a small grain of an idea, and we talk to people living with dementia and their companions and carers, and it's really all their thoughts and inputs from that starting point that takes that forms the song and the music as well. And it can really literally take us anywhere, maybe very far from what we'd imagined in the first place. But that's um that's the joy of co-creativity. <laughs> yeah, we just had the first uh workshop last yeah. Thursday. And so they came up with this chicken song. <laughs> oh, okay. so it was a song about grilled chicken yeah <laughs> so it can really yeah lead to everything um but so you already mentioned a bit that um you have carers and um people with dementia but um maybe for the listeners who don't know the project could you go furthermore in, in detail about how it comes together and what the specifics of this project are Yes, so we, we normally run the project for nine weeks. It can be nine or ten weeks, depending um, on it. Really, that is dictated more by the young people, that, the young students that we work with and their term times. Um, and we meet once a week for probably about uh, nearly two hours, an hour and three quarters, something like that. And during those sessions, we would work with people living with dementia and their carers and their companions. One thing that I will say about Turtle Song is what we always try and do is uh, find people who are living, still living in their own homes and maybe isolated and quite alone. And we try and reach the hard to reach uh, so that they we can bring them into the space and that they can have a social social activity which is so important um to break the the danger of too much isolation which as we know is is um very detrimental to and so they will come to a space um and we will work with a composer professional musicians a professional composer and then more often than not student musicians, but we have worked with professional musicians as well. And we take a theme 
for the whole project. And I always say the theme is a little bit like an umbrella. And then each song is like one of the spokes of the umbrella, one of the points of the umbrella. And so we take an over overarching theme and then each week we might look at one different sub theme from that main theme. And we talk to people about it in small groups and in big group. And then the students write down everything that people have said about and their thoughts on the theme and some ideas and also musical ideas. And if they've got any um, specific sort of um, feelings about how the music should be or the, the tempo of the song, etc., that's all written down. And then the composer, depending on who the composer is and who the team are and how they like to work, sometimes the composer takes all those ideas away and creates during the week a song, and sometimes they create it on the spot with the musicians and the um, people living with dementia. So it just depends how they like to work. And that will then be brought back the next week and taught to our participants, and they learn maybe four or five songs in a whole song cycle. And then at the end of the nine weeks, on the ninth week, we have a wonderful celebratory sharing session, which means that the friends and family of people who've been participating can come and listen and enjoy and see and experience the work that um, people have been doing. And it's a really, really joyful. It's not, we don't call it, we tend not to call it a performance. It's a sharing of the work. Uh, and it can be wonderful because family members may have heard their loved ones talking about throughout the weeks, talking about these songs or singing these songs. And they and they wonder what's been going on, and they've only sort of got snippets here and there. And then on the final sharing, they get to say, see it and say to us, ah, now I know what they were going on about when they were singing that song or dancing around the kitchen or whatever. So it's a, it's a lovely, a lovely thing to do. And then we film that sharing and, uh, each participant will then get a DVD after the, after this uh, project is finished, which is a lovely memento for them to play and to remember and to sing along once again. And, um, for posterity, that's the word. <laughs> I think you forgot a very important part of the project. No, did I? Yeah, the T and the K and the, oh, the biscuits. Forget <laughs> the T, coffee and biscuits. Oh, mamma mia! Sorry, yeah. absolutely. Um, it's because I just had lunch, so I'm not thinking about biscuits. <laughs> the um, yes, you're quite right, Sarah. The the very important part is at the beginning, the socialising part, where we have tea, coffee, and biscuits. Normally, very delicious. We get a lot of requests for different biscuits. So that's a, um, a big part of it for people in it to enable them to socialize with each other and to chat and to make new friends and for the carers and companions to also make friends and talk to people who are in a similar situation to them. And that's actually very important and crucial. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've been really influenced by you telling us how important the biscuits and the tea and the coffee are 
And so now for every workshop that we do, I always ask the team if they have enough biscuits and tea and coffee and water. <laughs> I'm glad you got your priorities right. So right. <laughs> and I think I need to implement a budget now for <laughs> biscuits and drinks. <laughs> yes, because high quality biscuits, very important. Yeah, I think, yeah, we, we may have different biscuits than in England, but uh, I think we will find the good ones. <laughs> oh, that's very high quality biscuits. I, I can I can attest to that in, in Luxembourg. <laughs> um, and how did you personally maybe experience this project and, and what uh, impact does it have on the on the participants? Because I saw um, on your website and also from knowing you that The project has been going on from 2008, so that gives you a lot of experience in doing it. Um, yes, I, I was going to say, I think um, I actually pulled together some information for a, a book um, quite recently, and I was amazed because I realized that by the end of this year, we will have written 54 song cycles um, around the country and uh, in 17 different locations, including online. Um, and work with 20 different teams of uh, director and composer um, and nearly 400 music students. Um, so it right. starts, it, it kind of, it means that we do pretty much know, I think, hopefully, all the different ramifications of what we're doing. And yes, the importance of the biscuits and all the rest. It's quite an impact, those figures, Charlotte, isn't it? When we I know, it was, it was, it also made me feel better about not remembering every single student. <laughs> participant that has taken part um and but um but i think in terms of impact it always i'm i'm kind of mindful of what john who works with us uh, as a composer always says that it's it's really about the impact it has on every single person in the room mm -hmm. um and it's it's the students it's the leaders you know everyone is in it together um and i think that's every time i go i Nowadays, I don't get to go to all the sessions all the time because there's too many projects in too many different places. Um, but it, whenever I do go, you just come away, you know, feeling better about yourself. And that's that the idea that you can create with other people and that there is this possibility of co-creativity that, you know, it's become a very kind of fashionable way of talking about the types of the type of work we do. But it really, it kind of nails a certain feeling that you have that when you work with a whole group and make something new and really high quality, um, musically speaking. So, but I'll let um, Carolyn also talk because she's really a leader in the room um, most of the time. So talk about it from your point of view, Carolyn. Yes, I, I definitely agree with what um, you and John say about the uh, impact that it has on everybody in the room. I, I have to say that it's one of the most uplifting and joyful and positive Uh, experiences or work. I, I hesitate to say the word work because it never seems like work to me. <laughs> It's much too fun. <laughs> and, and so uh, it, it, it just gives, gives back. We give a lot, but we receive so much in return. And, and I think that, that all of us working together, we're on a, a level playing field. We're all contributing and every, there are, Everyone's contribution is valid. There are no wrong answers. We just talk to people and whatever they want to tell us, we take it at, at face value. And, and so it, 
it just is a very, very positive project at a time when people have received a diagnosis of dementia, which can seem very negative and can seem that all doors are closing. We actually are there and able to show people that they can still achieve so much um, and show them almost that sometimes dementia can be liberating. The diagnosis can be liberating in that uh, you go, well, what the heck, I'm going to try anything now because I've got nothing to lose. And and I think that's wonderful. We've had people who, you know, never thought that they could sing or even let alone write a song. And then they've been amazed what they can do. And together with their carers and companions who are also amazed. So it is a very uplifting and positive experience. And I think, um, I mean, there's a lot of um, research that's been done around impact, obviously, and, and I would urge people to go and have a look at it because it is really impressive what's happened in the last 10, 15 years. Um, but uh, just the things that we've seen firsthand, um, there are stories like, uh, I remember quite a long time ago now, there's a lady who was a flautist um, professionally and uh, she had been had a diagnosis for a couple of years and she hadn't played and she said, no, 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 I can't possibly do that anymore. And we had a, the student, we had one of the students that year was the young, young musician of the year, BBC yeah. Young Musician of the Year. And he was a lovely young man who was a flautist. And he, we probably couldn't have said it, but he suggests, he said, please, will you bring it? Because I'd love to see what it looks like and, you know, what your flute was. And she did. And he helped her to reassemble it because that was one of the issues that she had remembering how to put everything together. And she played again. Um, and it was just this magical moment um, of, you know, a young person with an older person. And of course, we had given him so-called training, but really it was just him as a, as a young musician um, having this fantastic effect and impact on someone. Um, and, you know, he went away from that feeling very fulfilled um, in a very different way to just playing perfect, the perfect flute. And uh, I think the confidence that, that we give people enables them to take the risk, if you like, of, of trying the flute again or, or whatever. It's the confidence that you build up in people to see that they can achieve what they never thought they might be able to achieve. And um, we've spoken a lot already about uh, the implication of music students, but why is it so important for you to really have music students, stu so really students and young artists in this project. Why not just do it with professional musicians that already work in this more sociably creative music field? Well, why? Yeah. If I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest and I'm going to let Karen take. So the honest answer was that in the very early days of the project, um, with not much funding in place, we couldn't afford professional musicians. And so um, we went to talk to the Royal College of Music, who um, English Touring Opera had also worked with quite regularly. Um, and they were delighted because they had this um, outreach arm which uh, wanted to place students in exactly this kind of work. Um, but once we had uh, started the project, we realized actually how important that relationship was. And um, so it was kind of by mistake, if you like, um, but it became very quickly something that we started to kind of um, make sure was part of every single project that we did. Um, and as Karen said, we have also in certain places where it was impossible, you know, we, rural Suffolk, I remember, which is down in the south of England, there was just, 
no local music conservatoires or colleges and or six form colleges anything really um and in that case i remember we worked with some singers from the local cathedral choir and uh some professional musicians and which was equally lovely but it was a slightly different thing although for them equally to have a different way of working you know they were mainly um session musicians or uh played in orchestras so again for them it was a, a journey of discovery of a different way of using their music um but the students the, the intergenerational um aspect is is really magical and you see that it was it was really lovely for us when um the two leaders potential leaders from luxembourg came to visit the project and when they came away and said that's absolutely essential um we were so pleased that that they picked up on that because um it's something that we know and that we can say but until you kind of see it at first hand it's it's not so easy to convince people but carolyn i know you had a quote well i do have a quote i have a quote i'd just also like to say that it's important to introduce the young people to um to people living with dementia they may not have come across people living they may or second or third hand they might have but not first hand and i think that it it helps change their outlook and perceptions sometimes at the beginning of a project we see that the, the, the students may be a little nervous and sort of don't really know how to approach somebody living with dementia. And by the end of it, and I know it sounds a bit of a cliche, but we are really like a big happy family. Um, and I think this changing of outlook is very important so that we can spread the word um, that, that uh, and to try and change a bit of the stigma that is sadly still a little bit associated with dementia. Um, and as uh, Charlotte said, so I do have a quote here from one of our students, Inez, who was, um, she started off with us as a Royal College of Music student uh, on a couple of, a project in London. And she then showed an interest in that and uh, wrote a master's on, um, on, the, on the subject of music and dementia, and then um, went on to lead now she's leading projects for us so it's wonderful to see that progression that because they are the students are part of the legacy of the project because they're going to take the work on and for them to see firsthand the effect that their talents can have on people living with dementia if they see the or they feel and see the appreciation that people have of their talents and they see the power of music um Firsthand. So that's wonderful. I'll just read this very quick quote from Inez. Um, it's, I'm, this is, she sent us this after the first, um, first project that she did. So she was still a student. I'm so passionate about this. Firstly, of course, because of my grandma having dementia. But honestly, since Turtle Song, I can't stop thinking that perhaps this is the purpose of my life and the reason I took the violin to help others. The happiness that it gives me is unparalleled. And I think that just sums it up, really. That's wonderful. It's really wonderful. And I really, um, I, I really love the idea. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm fully with you that it's so important to have student musicians uh, in those projects, because it also gives them an outlook on what they could do besides just joining an, an orchestra or being a soloist. Mm. Um, and it shows them what power music can have and how they can give something back to society, maybe. 
um, and what other things they can do uh, while still being a musician. So it's it's yeah. really really wonderful, and I'm happy that we could have some younger musicians uh, with us and and musicians that just came out of university also. Um, because what is different from the UK to Luxembourg is that we don't really have that much conservatories or a music, high music college, um, where young musicians can go. So they will leave Luxembourg at some point to go study abroad. Um, but now we have musicians that just came back. And so it's, yeah, it's the best we could do. And I think we will uh, change this also over, over time. Well, maybe a, a, a last question. What, in your opinion, different differentiates does a song from other projects um, that people with dementia can join in? Besides uh, from the biscuits and the tea. Oh, <laughs> yes. No one has such good biscuits as us. Um, <laughs> they're quite far from that. And um, the main, main difference is that we are creating new songs together with people living with dementia. There are a lot of good projects around in the UK and probably also in Luxembourg, I don't know, where it's reminiscence projects. So people will come and they'll play music and sing the old time songs. And that's really valuable. That that they, Those are fine. But what Turtle Song does is that it creates new memories for people. It creates new songs together with people living with dementia. And it gives them uh, what we call agency. They own those songs and they, it's about them, from them, with them, co-created. And I think that that's the, the absolute main difference. It's empowering at a time when probably people's confidence might be at a very low ebb. Uh, it's an empowering thing to have created a, a song cycle together. Um, so that is the main thing that the, the, actual creation of new songs and i think charlotte is it right that it, it it has been shown to sort of open neural pathways that maybe i mean yes as i say there's such wonderful research nowadays about um about music in dementia i'm not sure because i've been looking for it for a long time and it's something i'm still interested in whether there is anything specifically about the, that kind of creative impulse you know what it makes you feel like when you make something new and how that kind of goes together with dementia um i remember when we first uh started one of the projects um that we were running in london we did talk to some researchers from king's college who wanted to put people through um a, a machine you know to to actually give them an x-ray or a or a and we thought that that was probably not quite right for what we were trying to do. But in a way, it would be fascinating because I think it is that it's the, it's the creative aspect that, um, that sets us apart. And, um, we, we actually don't, as far as I know, have the specific research around that. No, because of all the research that I know of, it's more of the reminisce of music and how music from uh, a younger time can impact uh, people with dementia. And I've never seen any research on on this new cre if, if yeah, if you create something new, what will happen yeah. then? So <laughs> uh, 
I think both of our institutions would be very interested <laughs> in having some research done. If some listeners are listening, <laughs> exactly. No, no. I've always, I've always said that to people. As that's the bit that I'm interested in. Um, yeah. The rest is also fantastic. Um, yeah. But we have, and there is good, really good research out there. Um, yeah, of course. That's how it differs. Well, I'm really, really happy that uh, Luxembourg will now be in the Turtle Song family and be part of uh, the 46th uh, cycle then, maybe? 54. <laughs> uh, 54. Oh, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. 54. Uh, 54th uh, cycle. I'm really happy that you took some time to talk to me today. Um, but before I will let you go, um, we always ask for recommendations. So this can be a book, a film, music, whatever suits you best. So what could you recommend to our listeners? There is a book that just even personally, I've always recommended um, to people if they have uh, members of their family who are living with dementia. And it's called Contented Dementia. Um, by someone called Oliver James. And it's, I'm worried that it might now even be a little bit dated, but it is very much, the whole method that he started is very much about um, asking people with dementia what they feel and always going back to them. And I think it it's a very good indication of the way that we work, um, you know, that we, we really put the, the participants and their carers and companions at the center of everything we do. And so I would recommend that. Um, and if you've recommended a book, Charlotte, I would recommend a little YouTube clip, actually. Um, if you Google man in nursing home reacts to hearing music, it's Dr. Oliver Sacks, who was a very um, well-known neurologist. And he is showing that uh, the, the effect that music can have on this man who is called Henry and in a nursing home and they play him his favorite song so this is a reminiscent song obviously but it is a wonderful illustration of the power of music is it a short clip from the a life inside movie yeah oh, yes it's part of that i think so yeah okay. yeah okay so we will add the movie the whole movie in the recommendations as well because there's that one and also with dance, there's this incredible um, sequence with the, the ballerina that, that reacts reason. to the mm -hmm. swan lake. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's a really, really beautiful documentary. Yeah. I can highly recommend Oliver Sacks in every single way. <laughs> well, Oliver Sacks has been mentioned so many times now in this recommendation section. Um, but also, it could also have been off topic, just just to say, because uh, I don't know if you listened to the whole episode of Bradley. Uh, he recommended uh, this um, Apple TV series um, with, the foot with football. Yes, I don't know what recommended succession as well, didn't he? Six, yeah, succession and then the the football Apple TV series. And it was quite nice. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Good. So, thank you so much uh, for taking your time for talking to us. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to continuing this whole project and also to see at the end the, the sharing of this and maybe to welcome you in Luxembourg. And then Absolutely. to see how we can continue this collaboration. So thank you so much, Charlotte. Thank you so much, Caroline. And see you soon. Thank, thank you, so you Sarah.
Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Devin With Me by Fondation Aimé. This podcast was made possible by our dear partner, André Lush Fondation. Music was made by Toypan, mix and mastering by Toypan as well. Devin With Me releases two episodes a month. For more information on the Fondation Aimé, go to our website, fondation-aimé.lu. Thank you and hear you soon.